Here we go. Check, check, check. Look into my eyes. Never. <laughs> Never. <laughs> the worst. La, 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 la. I'm Matthew Martinson. I'm Gordon McGlattery. This is Beards, Cats, and Indie Game Audio, episode 12. 12. It has been an entire year. Yeah. We did not miss a month, did we? Nope. Nope. We missed none. Zero there were some late. Missed. There were some that were late. Yeah. But, uh, but but we never missed a month. 12 out of 12. Yeah. Right Ka-ching. on. Achievement unlocked. I did something consistent. <laughs> and never again. <laughs> and that's All right. the end. <laughs> uh, so, um... Got a couple of things we were going to talk about today. Yeah, we decided. Well, first of all, how were your holidays? Good, good. I had a I had a break from everything. Two weeks off, which was nice. I did a little bit of constructive things and a lot of watching bad movies. I was all like, I'm going to play like so many games, and I barely played any games on my break. I mostly watched bad movies. I knocked out a lot of bad movies. Yeah. Um, but I also played a lot of games. Yes. Yeah. Well, I played a lot of one game. What did you play? Dragon Age Inquisition. Uh, see, I'm still playing Destiny. Too much. I got sucked back into Destiny right at the end of my break. I'm like, oh. Well, I, that's, I found a website that's like, here's all the missing go- broken ghosts you've, you've missed. I was like, oh, must complete. That's why I've completely avoided online games forever. It's because, not that you have, but it, you run the risk of falling into a... Uh, one game forever. Well, it's Trap. not even the online part of it. To me, it's that that completionist thing oh, okay. that I get sucked into. And it was I found a website that tells you exactly which ones you've missed and which ones you've got. Right. So it's really easy to be like, oh, there's the ones I've missed. Oh, I'll just follow the little map and go to you know, pick that one up. I just have to. Oh, I'll just, I just oh, have to walk for twenty minutes. It's Two a.m. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other thing, constructive thing I did was I started recording uh, my first sample library that I'm planning on. Putting out as a commercial thing. Cool. So. And how is that going? It's going. I've got most of my source recorded. Yeah. I realized I'm missing an element that I'm like, I'm going to go back and do as well. Um, and I'm editing the first, I'm kind of chunking it up into small little libraries. So it's going right. to be a bunch of very, very specific for like one thing. Yeah. Um, so I'm mid. I'm like 90% of the way through editing. Right. And it's really boring. Yeah. Gets tedious. Really boring. I've got about 250-ish files. Yeah. And are those single sounds, is that one sound per file or is that multiple sounds per file? Yeah, I decided to go with, I I kind of polled on Twitter and it seemed to be fairly split between people Mm -hmm. who wanted one file for a sound type, like all variations within one sound file. Yeah. And people who wanted every variation its own sound file. And I fall into the I like every variation as a single file. Yeah. So I went, you know what? I'm going to, you know, piss off half the people no matter which way I do it. I'm just going to do it how I want it. Yeah. So, and now I'm like, damn, this is tedious. (laughs) (laughs) So it's harder. I picked the harder way. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think... um, I prefer many sounds in one file, but I really don't have a good reason for it. When I do get libraries that where everything's split up, I mean, I like it just fine. Yeah. As well. Because you can right. just grab them all at once and drag them in. Totally. I heard some good arguments for everything in one file, but mm-hmm. for whatever reason, that's the way I work. So I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to make this library for me. Like, there's some people who are like, you know, all the headers add up and like, it's basically more size on disk when you have single files. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. 
But mine's not really that big. Yeah. Anyways, so. And those days are gone. Yeah. Ish. <laughs> Getting gone. Almost gone. Um. So yeah, and I'm I'm incredibly nervous about it. Yeah, I have a I'm library like, that is basically finished, yeah. and I'm just too scared to put it out there. Yeah. But it's, it's pretty good. <laughs> sweet. Um, yeah, I've got other stuff that I've, like, got source recorded that could, I could turn into a library and kind of, like, I got busy and stuff, and this is the one that I'm, like, really, like, no, I'm going to do this. And I'm getting to the point where I'm, like, close to packaging it up. You know, I'm gonna just got to finish editing, put in the metadata, and then there's all, like, i got to make spreadsheet of the metadata and, like, artwork and all that kind of boring stuff. Yeah. But I'm like, I'm more nervous about this, I think, than releasing some games. Because it's like, you know, games, it's like, there's always going to be people who like it and people who hate it. Yeah. This is just like, the only sound people are going to be into this. So yeah, it feels you can, like... Your work uh, isn't buried beneath a bunch of other things. It's it's like it's like playing a solo act instead of with a band. Yeah. Yeah. And a solo act at a like venue just for musicians. musicians. <laughs> <laughs> like that's... <laughs> So, so yeah, I'm nervous. We'll see how it goes. It's sounding, so far, I've, you know, you've heard some of it. Yeah, I'd um, use it. So far, it's sound, sounding good. So, like, I'm I'm feeling good about that. Right. But I just got to make sure that, like, I get people to check the metadata for me and stuff. So, I think those are some of the, like, if you're going to plan on making your own library, make sure you do lots of Q&A on mm-hmm. it with other people. Like, no matter what your workflow is, you may make a library that works for you, but it doesn't necessarily work for other people. And maybe somebody else is using, uh, you know, Basehead instead of Soundminer. And, like, for some reason, the metadata doesn't show up in that or whatever. I don't I don't know if that's a thing problem that can happen. But kind of, like, make sure you check all the big boxes when it comes to QA. Like, yeah. you know, deliver it to people and how you're going to deliver it. And then, like, get them to check the metadata. Get them to check whatever documents you send with it. Just, like, you know. Recording, like... Organizing the recording trip and recording the sounds is a very small oh, it's part the, of it, it seems. It's the easiest part. Yeah, totally the easiest part, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and why don't you tell people how you are planning on distributing it? Uh, I am basically going to be lazy yeah. and go with Sonus. Yeah. They're uh, a newer site out there that's um, run by uh, one guy. Mikkel. It's made just for sound effects. Yeah. And packages of sound, not single sound effects, but like libraries, like package up your library. Yeah, it's basically um, like the Bandcamp for those who are familiar with Bandcamp, which I think yeah. is most people now. Yeah. It's like Bandcamp for sound libraries, which I think is awesome. Yeah. Um, and it's the uh, the ones that I've looked around at, it seems the most focused at other sound people. Yeah. Like there's other um, places that seem more focused at multimedia people or... Game designers who want like quick drag and drop stuff, like you know stuff from the Unity asset store and stuff like yeah. that, seems more focused on those people. Which um, hopefully means the libraries will be pretty strictly curated. Yeah, I think because um, that could drag it down real fast. Totally, because there are a lot of library websites that I don't even bother looking at. Yeah, um, and I like I've got a bunch of stuff on on another website. Um, single sounds mm-hmm. on Audio Micro, um, which I did back when I was freelance, and I kind of went with them because they were the there was a bunch of new ones at that time, and they were the easiest to let me get my sounds up on them. There was the least amount of paperwork that I had. To, like other ones were like, fax me a bunch of stuff. I'm like, I don't have a fax machine. Like, 
no. And these guys were like, fill out some forms, you know, send us documentation, you know, so they're legit. Yeah. Like, just don't be scared of, like, if you're signing up for these sites, sites, don't be scared of documentation. Like, that's a good thing to them, like, proving that, you know, you have the rights to everything. It's like, that's totally cool. Um, so Audio Micro was, like, easy to do all of that. Right. Um, so it was while I was freelance and not doing other work, I was like, oh, I can throw sound effects up on them. Um, so they were nice and easy, and that's, a, that's a, like, single sounds. Yeah. Um, so there's those kind of, if you want to do that kind of thing as well. It's, yeah, it's good to know, figure out where you want to distribute and who your target market is. Yeah. So like the library I'm building is, some of it is drag and drop. You could use it like straight up. And then a bunch of it is construction kit kind of stuff that you would like build things with. So I'm like, other sound designers are who are going to be interested in this. Yeah. So I'm going, um, to me, a more sound designer focused yeah. sample library place as opposed to like the Unity Asset Store stuff. I think I'd have to package it differently to go in there. It could it could, could go there, but I'd have to like, I'd have to separate things out and kind of make a designed version. Yeah. I think for those kind of people. Yeah. So, so yeah. And if you are, um, another great, if you are thinking of doing your own library, um, Paul from Airborne Sound mm-hmm. um, has a couple of great books, eBooks, totally focused on setting up doing field recording trips, like everything you need, how to do it, and documents and everything, and how to set up a library to sell. And like, he goes into like creating your own website and yeah, e-merchant full stuff. On. Full on. Um, CreativeFieldRecording.com. Go to the book section on there. It's great. Like, Airborne's so, so good. Yeah. He's awesome. Like yeah. he's done so much great stuff. He took the free gun recordings library, which was super awesome that those guys did off of Kickstarter. Yeah, and redid all the metadata for so that it was like usable. Yeah, because just, I had it, it, but I couldn't. I never used any of them because they never showed up in my searches. Yeah, and, and he also did a designed version of it as well, an airborne designed version. They released a, a processed and unprocessed, but then he did one that's compressed, distorted, made it huge, made it movie style. So yeah. it's a little more drag and drop as well. So in a pinch, that's, that's a little awesome. quicker to use. That's, that's that's such a thankless task too. Yeah, it is. So I'll go right out. Thank you, Paul, for stayed, doing all of that. And it's still free. So go get that now and then pick up a couple airborne libraries while you're at it. Speaking of buying things, I yeah. did get myself a few Christmas presents uh-huh. over the break. The EarCam plugins finally went on sale. Earcam tracks. Yeah. I bit the bullet on that because it is the most intense dialogue processing outside of Kima I think you mm-hmm. can get. Cool. Um, because with Duelist, I'm just running out of ideas. Not not or, or not even ideas. It's just there are so many characters. Yeah. There are only three or four vocalizations each. Right. But we've got hundreds of them. Yeah. And it's tough when you go get into a situation where a game needs massive amounts of stuff um what was the game it was the guys from Edmonton did it something for life uh life goes on life goes on they needed a, like all you do is die like all the game is all about dying and building bridges out of your dead bodies and yeah, stuff yeah it's awesome um so they needed a million death vocalizations yeah so uh they were showing at Pax Prime year and a half ago and you'd have a different character voice for each one he set up a a, like a box that you could yell into 
Nice. So he crowdsourced his death yells <laughs> from everybody who came along. And he had consent forms and everything. So you yep. were like, you know, totally legit and legal and good, proper. Like you signed a form, you yelled into his box and he had made this soundproof dead box that he had put his portable recorder in mm-hmm. and that he was using as like a front end into his computer. Right. So he could just, you could see levels and everything. And, and he just got like, give me a death yell. Give me like a couple of death yells. And so he crowdsourced like a ton of that content from everybody coming through packs and it was a great thing of like hey come check out my game and get your voice into it yeah which was screaming at the top of your lungs yeah which is yeah. an awesome promo thing i did it nice. I did three or four i didn't see that yeah at pax prime yeah man uh, last year last last year yeah not the last one the time before the, the last one, be- one. yeah <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah it was super awesome like cool. It was well, a really, I think, a really great innovative idea too. Like I've wanted to be like, oh man, what could I, what could I crowdsource at PAX? <laughs> <laughs> Other than crowds, <laughs> yeah. um, what what tracks came with that's really sweet that I see a lot of potential in is um, the uh, there's a cross synthesizer, yeah, cross synthesis. So basically, a pretty decent morpher yeah. where you can take two sounds and mix them together. Nice. You can get some really cool stuff. So I was doing some characters that were kind of myself pitched down, uh, morphed with like stones dragging and yeah. stuff. And Almost working. Because of, we've got some sort of dinosaur-like characters. Yeah. And it's it's working great. Cool. Um, they're not very stable. They crash a lot. Yeah. Uh, but uh, very cool plugins. Cool. I picked up, I picked up some more wave stuff because... It's always on sale. I picked up Morforder, talking about is it morphing m- stuff. Morfoder? Yeah. Morph. Yeah, it's Morfo- Morfoder. Yeah. Because yeah. it's kind of like, it can just be a vocoder, but it also does like morphy stuff. Yeah. So, which is good because I've never, I haven't had a good, I've never felt I've had a good morphing. No, morphing, good morphing is hard to come by. Yeah. And I mean, Kima does it amazingly, but it's really hard to do <laughs> and you need the ex- ex- external hardware for it so yeah yeah a lot of money so Just i was i was really excited to finally find one that i thought really worked really well yeah um i also picked up uh melda productions multi-band granular hmm. plugin. Um, it's just something i was knocking ideas around at the last sound design meetup and i thought it would be really cool to have a granular synth or granular just mangler yeah. that grabbed uh, grains from separate bands yeah, so that you could create kind of like this endless stream of source. Right. Um, it doesn't quite do that. <laughs> uh, it seems to have more like wave shaping functionalities, yeah. uh, but it's still pretty cool. Yeah. Um, Melda Productions, I didn't really know anything about. I've never about, even heard of them. But they're actually really cool. Yeah. What um, else do they do? Uh, I bought their, they, they have an incredible free bundle, um, which you can also pay for. It's a bit weird. You can download the free bundle and it's fully functional, but it does have a little ad uh-huh. for themselves at the bottom. Yeah. And you, but you can pay $50 and then the plugins themselves are also resizable. Yeah. But they come with, uh, it's like 20 plugins. Right. It's quite cheap, oh, and they're really good meters. Yeah, for metering, if you need metering, awesome. that's good. Um, yeah. Isn't there something too about presets? It, in the free ones, you can't save can't your save own presets, perhaps. And then the 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 paying unlocks. Yeah, making your own presets. Yeah, yeah, like it, it thinks fairly fair, like what they're. But uh, I mastered the whole Rogue Legacy Reborn album yep. on the with the free bundle before I bought it. Nice. Yeah, and uh, the presets stayed. Because I was using the same session. Right. 
but I don't think you can, yeah, you can't save a bunch of different presets. Yeah. Those are rad. I also got from my sister something called the Beep Poet. Yeah. Which is a handmade analog synth module in a tin can from yeah, the I've UK. Seen it. It's awesome. And it's amazing. And so annoying. I saw I saw your picture of it and went and looked it up on Etsy. Yeah. And you, you can get it built and you can get it as a kit. Yeah. Which is like you have to supply your own tin can. <laughs> it is a it is a little sketchy. There's the sharp edge on the bottom. <laughs> a little bit of liability problems there, but yeah, I won't I won't go sue them in the UK. No, it's amazing. I would uh, I'd highly recommend that. Sweet. What else is on the docket for today? Uh, the other thing relating to library recordings, we were going to talk a little bit about uh, field recording and recording ethics. Yes, a weird kind of topic it has been floating around our brains for a while so we uh put the word out on twitter too to be like hey what does everybody think of this i've got some interesting questions and responses to it um which was cool don wilmot said is seeking permission to record people in walla and ambient situations necessary where is your line i can't speak to that legally um but i know that 99 percent of the walla recordings in existence we're not signed for. Yeah. I think as long as it's not recognizable who is speaking, and that's the whole point of Walla, right? Is it, you're not supposed to hear any words. Yeah. If it's just a wash, I'm pretty sure you're in the clear. Uh, zero B underscore sound said in response to that question. Yeah. As long as there's no individual intelligible words, I think it's fine to record people without asking for Walla. Yeah. I tend to agree. I think as long as you're not, there's, yeah, there's nobody identifiable and you're in a public space. I think the public space thing is a then big it Then it's okay. Yet one. again, not a lawyer. Not a lawyer. Don't say, we hey, to... the guys on Beards, Cats, and Audio said this is okay when the police start coming for you. Yeah, we should have a lawyer episode. Yeah, that would be cool. Um, which I think is uh, an interesting thing. Um, somebody, uh, somebody else, uh, Echolog Audio said, to the uninitiated... A mic blimp with a pistol grip in use may look, make people uneasy. I ask people first and open it up to show them. Which I think is another thing about recording in public these days. Like post 9-11, like pre-9-11, I like, I was on a ferry once poking like my recorder in around the places. Like, and a guy from the bridge came down and said, we've seen you on our cameras. You look suspicious. What are you doing? I was like, oh, I'm just recording this, my recorder. Like I'm just making recording sounds. And he's like, okay. Maybe you could stop doing that now. I'm like, okay, no problem. You know, I didn't ask for permission. I just kind of did it. Mm -hmm. And the ferries in BC, it's like a quasi-legal public space. Yeah. You know, it's sort of supposed to be part of the highways. So, like, I think there's some gray area there. But I think nowadays, if I tried to do that, I would have just been tackled. You know, (laughs) like, I looked like I'm shoving my hand in small holes in the ferry and stuff. And they would have just been like, he's up to no good. Get him. Yeah, yeah. So I think you have to be careful. So I think that idea of like showing people what you're doing, like, yeah, a a blimp looks weird to people. But if you're like, hey, look, there's just a microphone in here. It's cool. Like, I think you can. That's why I'm such a big fan of my binaurals. Right. And I don't have to talk to anybody. Yeah. I just get to stare into space and look like a crazy person. That's something (laughs) we we found uh, when we did our recording trip to the fair. Yeah. It's, It's kind of good to have two people. Yes. Because somebody can keep recording while somebody else talks to the interested 
people parties you know yeah. if somebody comes up and is like hey what are you doing one person can be like oh i'm just i'm just recording some sounds working video games and movies blah 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 like another person can drift off a little so they're out of earshot and continue keep, collecting yeah yeah so so it's it's a it's definitely a a thing where a lot of times it's still um asking forgiveness is easier than asking for permission yeah but you'd be surprised how many times you will get permission and when you ask for permission, you'll get special access sometimes, yeah. which is pretty cool. Like um, when I went and recorded in the mine, I was like, this is going to be so expensive. There's no way we can do this. Mm-hmm. But I'll phone him anyways. And it was dirt cheap. Yeah. And I got the place to myself. Like I had to have somebody, an escort. But he kind of knew what was going on. Movies had been there before, so he was quiet and everything. And we even got like, they're like, here's your hard hat because you're going in the mine. You're going to wear headphones, right? And you're like, yeah, we're probably going to be wearing headphones. He's like, just keep the hard hat with you. Yeah. They were like super accommodating. They're like, you know, have it with, don't like leave it anywhere. Mm -hmm. Be ready to put it on. But, you know, we know you're putting headphones on. So, yeah, you know, they were super accommodating. Well, and I'm going to the, I'm going to Playland. Yeah. In the spring. And that's as far as I know, it was this, they're just, they, they just told me all you have to do is pay wages for someone to be there. Mm Mm-hmm. And then we have access to a fully functioning theme park. Yeah, it's, it's surprising be off, how many off people... Off hours, off hours. Yeah, it's, it's surprising awesome. how many places will, if you ask and set it up, mm-hmm. will give you full access as long as you're escorted. Yeah. It's generally like, yeah, there's like several places I've heard of now that have been like, you pay for one of our staff to be with you, go nuts. Yeah. Which is pretty awesome. And it's surprising. All it is is like, you'd never... I would never thought we you would have got like full access to... No. No. So, you know, giant rides and everything. And it's yeah, like, well, we'll see how it goes. I'm not there yet. Yeah. I'm not inside yet, but that's as far as I'm told. That's yeah. how it's going to be. Somebody else uh, said, Rene said, um, in my humble opinion, recording ethics are similar to photo ethics. If you can help, help. If not, record and use it as you see fit. <laughs> I feel Matt might not agree with this 100%. <laughs> I was thinking specifically of when the riots were happening. Yes. That was a, that that could be the situation he's referring to because I bl- I was talking with people about that um, back when we had uh, the hockey riots over the Stanley Cup a couple of years ago. Here, there was a lot of people run down there like with a microphone. Whoever's there, you should go record this. And I was very adamantly because I was watching the news of like basically my city burning. Yeah, I was like, no, don't go down there. If you go down there, you're just causing more trouble because a lot of what was happening was people who weren't causing trouble were caught between the people causing trouble and the police yeah. and had nowhere to go. Yeah. So the situation just escalated and got worse and went on really long time because, and two, there were so many people just taking pictures of people like doing stuff like, you know, it's like, and they're egging on the people like yeah. basically. Yeah. Like here, you know, flip over that car, I'll take your picture. And they're like, yeah. So that's a different kind of that, thing. I guess that kind of falls into, no, you're not not helping people, but if you were exacerbating a problem, mm-hmm. then that's not good either. Like, that was a situation where I firmly believe anybody who was going down there was making the problem worse. Yeah. Even if you were going, like, I'm going to take pictures to, like, document what's going on. I'm mm-hmm. going to film it, record it, whatever, like... Me going down there recording riot sounds wouldn't have helped anybody. And and that's a personal thing. You have to find where you think you're doing harm or doing right. good. 
is. And I mean, maybe if you go down there, you're like, I am. I'm documenting this so that people know that this happened. That's also a like getting sweet riot sound. That's a like fair argument, I think, <laughs> to be like, I'm, you know, this needs to be documented, whatever it is. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, I'm sorry that you know your house burned down, but I'm documenting it so that. Speaking of which, one of my more dubious recordings. Yep. The house across the street from me yep. burned down, mm-hmm. and that's where Renee's comment, I feel a little bit alleviated. Yeah. I am not a fireman. An extraordinary event happening across from me. Yeah. Where else am I going to get sounds like that? Mainly it was just fire trucks and stuff. I couldn't really get a recording of yeah. the house itself burning. That's better. That's better dramatized, <laughs> I think. But don't get access to fire engine sirens and horns and yeah. all the walkie-talkies and beeps and stuff. Yeah. So... I was wondering if I feel it feels a little bit dubious, but, I, but could, you, I couldn't help and I wasn't causing any more issues. Right. So, sure. yeah. I th- and I think that's a, a fair statement. As long as you you feel you're not causing problems, causing, you know, the situation to become worse and you can't help, mm-hmm. then it's fair. If you're like, you know, no, it's I kind of it makes me think of back when I used to be a max a lot and we'd film each other doing stuff and. Buddy would, you know, crash, and the dude behind the camera, you just sit and keep rolling. And, like, he's rolling around and pay him, and you're like, I got the shot. You know, and you're like, <laughs> you know, really, you should have been like, put the camera down and make sure my friend's okay. But, like, no, no, I'm getting the shot. I'm getting the shot. <laughs> Personally, you're the only person who's going to know what where those lines are. Yeah. You know, and there's definite, like, full-on black and white legal things. Yes. You know, and besides that... Like, yeah, it's it's your own personal call on a lot of stuff like that. Yeah. I have a recording uh, that I didn't record, but yep. that someone else recorded for me of a goat being slaughtered. Oh, yeah. Which is very nasty. I always... But that was also incidental. They right. didn't say, kill this goat so I can record it. Yeah. It was, it um, was in Africa, and they said, we're going to kill this goat. Do you want us to record it at the and same he, time? And he was documenting it. Yeah. So. Um, I was in this situation, and... I slightly regret not getting the sounds. Yeah. Um, I had a cat who was diabetic, so he was going to the vet every month for tests. He hated it. He would scream and make sounds I've never heard a cat make while they took his blood and everything. And he hated all the vets and he just like was going to kill all of them. Right. And I would be like, they would, I would go in and I'd go in the exam room and they'd take my cat away and I would hear these sounds while they were doing the tests that had to be done on him. Mm-hmm. And I always, always like, man, I really like this sucks, but I should bring my recorder and document these. Yeah. Like, I can't help it. It has to happen. Yeah. But I could get these sounds. Yeah. And I never did because it was always felt, it felt like a weird gray area of like, is, are the vets going to think the I'm totally gonna, weird, yeah, like totally wanting twisted. to do this? Like, Are you going to be sad every time you use them? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I kind of, you know, on one level, I do regret not getting those sounds because they were totally unavoidable, but... And totally crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I've never heard a cat. I mean, I, I still think about just going back to the vet and going, hey, could I like, just put a recorder in here for I f- I would feel day? more dubious about recording other people's pets. Yep. I think that would yep. bother people, uh, recording their pets in pain. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I've thought about it as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Being a sound person is weird. Yeah, it sure is. <laughs> oh, we had a, another, another question. Um, or it was more of a question. Zero B underscore sound. These are all from Twitter, by the way. Yes. Yeah. Those are Twitter handles. 
said, um, he commented before, um, but he's, he asked, field recording in places that you pay to get into, uh, water, windmills, steam engine museums, etc. should I get permission? And he has a bunch of responses to that. Uh, been doing it covertly with a handheld recorder as, as I'm only gathering source stuff from my personal library. Though it was, if it was for a library I'd want to organize and pay for, uh, a time to go back and record with no public there with better gear would be better. Yeah, it's, um, kinda. the more exclusive access you can get, the better. I don't I think, think I don't think yeah, that's ethically dubious because they're I, not making money off the sound in there. If but that said, if it was say a casino, those mm. those slot machines, the sounds are designed and, and those are copyrighted. Yeah. So you're um, that's no good. But things that are natural, things that just incidentally make sound like a windmill. I I think that. I, well, I agree with you. I think the legal dubiousness comes into the fact that that's not public property. Right. So it being a private property that you're paying to if go on were, to. If you were photo, if you, yeah, if it was a film, you'd need permission to publicize that. Yeah. So the sounds would probably technically fall into the same camp. Mm-hmm. And I think the if they found out and wanted to make a case of it, they could claim ownership of your sounds. Yeah. Are they going to find out? Are you going to get caught? Are they going to go, I own this and everything you've put that in? Mm-hmm. Like it kind of could throw stuff um, totally out of whack. But um, I remember I was reading somewhere else of somebody who keep carries around permission slips. Yeah. I can't remember who it was. It might have been Paul. That just like, because like we were saying, ask permission. You never know what you'll get. People will say yes to. Yeah. Rule of and, thumb should probably just be always ask. And you never know. Like, there's so many places I've been that have said yes that I never thought they went. <laughs> yeah. Or like when we were at the fair and the guys were like, what are you doing? Oh, we're recording video games. Oh, well, you should come over here. I'll, I'll like empty one of the BB guns into the back for you. And you're like, awesome. <laughs> yeah. Some people get pretty stoked. Yeah. It is the uh, beginning of a new year. Yeah. We were going to try to do a, a bit of a recap of the last year. We talked to a lot of people. We sure did. did a lot of shows solo. We went places. It was awesome. Yeah, we don't feel like we don't f- feel like diving into the annals. No, um, it was it was awesome. Everybody who we had on, like, yeah, there's it's phenomenal. And like, w- what about your like personal work style though? Were there any big discoveries? Um, I can think of a few. I don't know if I've made any groundbreaking changes this year. It's just a continued evolution. Yeah, of stuff. I'm trying to get better at using workspace and. I may actually pull the trigger and get some sample library management software this year. Yeah. You know, I think I can I think I can work more effectively that way. I don't know, just continuing to keep to try recording stuff. Mm-hmm. Like constantly trying to think about recording new stuff. You know, jumping at whatever chances come along. Like I've gotten like the fair thing, you know, you told me like, hey, I'm gonna record at the PNE and I was like, Oh, awesome, I'll come along and you're like, Okay. And then you were like not going to happen until next year. I was like, damn it. And I just started <laughs> searching. Excited. I'm like, okay, there's fairs. There's traveling fairs. One, where are they? And I was like, there's one tomorrow. Let's yeah. go. We might get nothing, but we got let's awesome do it. Stuff. Yeah, awesome and it turned stuff. out awesome. Like, yeah. And that was just like taking a chance. How about you? I think my... my the Well, I discovered a lot this year. Probably yep. more than I can even think of right now because I'm still so new. Um Mixing was a big a big one for me and levels yeah. figuring out my figuring out comfortable levels mm-hmm. laying up, like 
Delivered? Lay, laying off the meters and just learning how my system works. Yeah. Learning how my room works and just using my ears. Yeah. It's very freeing. It allowed me to work much, much faster. Mm-hmm. Other ones being workflow improvement. Looking at some of the projects that I knocked out this year compared to like when I was in school, mm-hmm. there were th- there were things that I did this year that I did in a day that would have taken me weeks. Yeah. And they're better. Yeah. It's wild. <laughs> um, and not being so hardcore on making everything super perfect, I think. And I don't feel... Don't don't assume that I'm, like, allowing my quality to drop. Yeah. But uh, school was very, very... It was old school. Mm-hmm. Like, when movies had big budgets. Yeah. And you could afford to be super, super picky about things. And you didn't have to uh, make as aggressive de- of decisions a lot of the time. Yeah. Like, I just recently did a Jaguar commercial, um, which is not game audio, but they sent me these car sounds. Yeah. And there were a lot of exterior shots... And it's a very specific car, but they did not send me any exterior sounds. Yeah. And two years ago, I would have lost my mind. Yeah. I would have been like, I can't do this. Yeah. You ha- like you have to go record more sounds for me. And they would have been like, no. <laughs> <laughs> and I would have I would have lost my mind. But instead, I just worked with my Doppler plugins, worked with my levels, with my filters. It's not right, mm-hmm. but it works. Yeah. And the the viewers aren't going to know. Client was happy. Client's happy. Client's happy. Client's happy. So, and it it came late enough in the game where I was like, this is a bit of, bit of an issue for a car commercial because yeah, car people know what their engines yeah. sound like, you know? And I still had to process the crap out of it to make it actually sound tough, but uh, I didn't freak out. Yeah. And that's good. I know my, probably my first gig out of school was much simpler than that, and I freaked out <laughs> how about we uh we had a couple of questions on twitter great i always love the questions chris winter 92 asked where do you guys see currently underutilized things in quotations like the synthesis in gta 5 and generative sound design going in 2015 in 2015 because we're now in 2015 we're in the yeah. future well it will just continue to uh proliferate i assume I don't see it becoming much more popular in the indie sphere. It takes a lot of resources to build those tools. Yeah. Um, and it takes a lot of know-how. The, the guys that are able to do that, they, they are snapped up. Yep. They're already working for big companies. So those tools will develop more, I think, when people branch away from AAA companies. I'm totally mm-hmm. just making this up. But <laughs> my... Like that's my guess. Yeah, is when people leave, that stuff will start happening more in the indie sphere. Um, but indie game developers are not looking for that that much right now, unless yeah. they're unless they are the the game designer and the sound designer. Unless you're making like Fract. Yeah. Um, yeah, I tend to agree. I think it's more in the realm of the AAAs that are going to keep pushing mm-hmm. that stuff because um, it saves it's money gonna, in the long run. Yeah, and it's going to take a little while. Um, for that to trickle down to the middleware. Mm-hmm. You know, it's starting. There is generative stuff. There's some generative plugins for uh, FMOD Studio, and there's yeah. the SoundSeed stuff with Wise. So it's like, it's it's coming, and it, it's, some of it is there, and some of it is good. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but I think it's going to take a little bit longer to trickle down to the indie level because um, a lot of times, you know, it's it's back to that we're freelancers for the most part. Um, so we have to convince them, uh, the devs, that these are tools that you should license and this is going to, you know, save this. And mm-hmm. they just see dollar figures and they're like, I have to pay more? What? You know, and we're already still, for the most part, uh, most people are just fighting to get middleware. Yeah. You know? You know, thankfully, I think that's changing. So we're like we're gaining ground on getting indies to use middleware, which is good. Mm-hmm. Um, but the like licensing uh, generative stuff is another thing on top of it. Um, so yeah. I think it's going to be it's going to be slow in the indie world, unless you're getting super sound specific games where like that's the focus of the game, and those people are going to build those tools. Yeah. To to do that. Yeah. The ones that are frankly terrifying. Uh, that are being developed right now are the gener- some of the generative music systems that are not implemented in games yet, yeah. but just these composition tools that just write music. I, th- I find them interesting. Uh, I, it goes back to um, back when I took music lessons. Um, my my instructor had Band in a Box, yeah, which has been around okay sit forever. Yeah, you know this is back in uh, the early eight nineties. Okay. You know, so he would be like, here, here's your sheet music for the song you're going to learn. Here's a cassette tape that I've done Band in a Box onto so that you've got a backing track to play to. What is to. Band in a Box? It's a, like you feed it chords. Yeah. And it plays. Like you would get, go, this kind of drum beat, these are the chords, this is the tempo. Yeah. Creates a backing track. Oh, okay. Use these instruments. Cool. And this is from the, like, 1990. Right. You know, so to me, like the it's getting better, but this stuff has existed for quite a for while, for a long time, and, and now it is. I mean, and music is about sh- growth and change. So, yeah, or at least that's what. Keeps so music I think those 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 new things, the ones I've seen, they're they're interesting. Um, there is the pe- there's people that are going to totally use them, and they're better than they ever have been. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's ever going to replace a real composer. Yeah. When somebody's like, I need, you know, music for my game, film, whatever. And I it's, want it to be... You know, it's it's for right people feel. who are like, I'm going to go to a stock music site. Yeah. Right? Like, those people are, are who are like, from the get-go, I'm going to go to a stock music site. We're never going to hire a real composer. Yeah. So, in a way, it's like, well, they've got better options. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those things, I believe, are based off of recorded music. Okay. So it's not synthesized. So somebody's got to record all that. Yeah. You know, somebody's getting paid to do all of that. Right. So it's just, you know, it's it's different. Yeah. For sure. But I think there's a segment that is going to use that that is not, it's not like the death of composers. No. By any stretch. No. You know, so stock photography sites have been up for yeah. a million years and photographers are still getting hired. So yeah. it's the same kind of thing. Let's just, let's just... Let's just use those people's wedding pictures. <laughs> Can you just put my face on him? <laughs> and then we have uh, Tom Todi. Yeah. T-O-D-I-A. I'm horrible at pronouncing things, so a blanket apology. Tom. I'm sorry I mispronounced your name Ev- to everyone in this episode. Uh, Tom said, name one title that you think should be required analysis for a game audio student and why. We started talking about this earlier because I saw that and I was like, this is a big one. It cannot be done, I don't think. One game. One we game? Total agreement. One yeah. game, it cannot be done in. Cannot be done. I think games are so varied 
that you kind of need to pick what kind of game do you want. Like, the audio it's like is different. Any, it's like any other art form. There is no one best book. There is no one best film. Well, right. I guess there is a list, and it would probably be The Godfather or something. But, <laughs> but The Godfather is not the best comedy. Yeah, in the world, it's not the best so, horror movie. So I think there's, I, I think you can break games down more into areas mm-hmm. and then analyze them for like core. Okay, what's what what game would you pick to analyze for a horror best? Not even best, just what would you pick to analyze as a good horror game? That uh, one that I love and it's like beating a dead horse yep. is uh, Amnesia Machine for Pigs, as far as sound goes. Right. Um, also, PT. Yeah, killed it as well. Um, uh, I would go with Silent Hill too. I think uh, the what they did in the Silent, the whole Silent Hill series while Akira was still doing them, yeah, um, was really something special, and he was really doing something different there that you can really delve into. And you know, PS2 era, yeah, I think a lot of games like looking back at what people did with that creatively. Um, like I still hold, if we go with shooters. I still think Black is an astoundingly great sounding game. Mm-hmm. And when you look at it being a PS2 game, it's even more so. Like the guns in Black were just so awesome sounding. Yeah. And uh, we talked about voiceover. We discussed that as well. Yeah. Well, you, you had a couple picks for uh, um, Stanley Parable. Yeah. And this is just voiceover, not dialogue. I think Stanley Parable is probably one of my favorite voiceover games. Yep. Uh, and, uh, um, and as far as just dialogue, back and forth dialogue, I'd probably yep. go with L.A. Noir. Um, I would say some of the ones I would look at and really like dig into. Um, Bastion. Mm-hmm. Really great. Like one of the best. Dialogue trees. Yeah. yeah. And that's really interesting because it's the most kind of like sports-like for dialogue trees. Yeah, completely like the, non-repetitive. The, the trees that go into sports games dialogue is like phenomenal and should really be looked at, like what FIFA is doing and, mm-hmm. and stuff. Uh, I also think the there's a, not a lot of it, um, but the VO in the Banner Saga was excellent. Oh, good. And it was really worth kind of looking at. I saw another tweet today that was not directed at us. It was just on its own. Yeah. Um, about how bad voiceover is worse than no voiceover that, that I fully agree with. If you're working with developers and they're talking about maybe having some voiceover in there, make it known to them right off the bat that it must be good. Yeah. Or it must be gone. And that they need to budget for that because good voiceover is expensive. Yeah. Good actors are worth their weight in gold. Yeah, you can definitely always hear when somebody has cheaped out yeah. on the voiceover. I'm lucky I can... I can do a good guard, mm-hmm. and I know that, that my entire range is guard or uh, space marine or security guard or tough guy. Or, like, that's it. That's what yeah. I can do. So I get, I've gotten used on a couple of games here at Clay because we got guards. We need guards. That's awesome. I can do a guard. If you're like, hey, we need, you know, something else, I'm like, nope, got to hire somebody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, I mean... If the client's happy, they're happy. Yeah. But, and you're like, you say, I can do this. No promises. Yeah. If it's bad, I recommend you either pull it and put in nothing. Yeah. And that's <laughs> the thing, too. I think. Um, get an actor. If you, if you record it and put it in and go, here it is. And yeah. you give it to the dev, client, whoever it is that, like, kind of is okaying it. Yes. Yeah. Total vision it is. And you go, what do you think? Mm-hmm. And just let them play the game 
and go, yes, I like it or no, I don't. And if they go, no, I don't, you go, no problem. We're pulling it out. Yeah. Don't try to explain yourself. Nope. Like, oh, well, I could have done it better. I could have recorded it better. Like, no, you couldn't. The only explanation you need is I'm not an actor or this person is not a professional actor. Yeah. And that's that's as as good as we're going to get. And if it doesn't cut it, then it doesn't cut it. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm happy to, like, pull myself. Oh, yeah. If need be. Yeah. um, Another great area that I think you can really analyze is kart racing games. Mm -hmm. I think the Need for Speed series has always had the best sounding engines out of anybody. Mm -hmm. There isn't any, I put my foot in my mouth. I don't think there's any really great sounding indie racing games. Somebody proved me wrong. Yeah. I, well, I haven't played a lot of indie racing games at all. I just don't play a lot of racing games, honestly, but. Um, I haven't played a lot of indie racing games. So if somebody knows of a great one, like let me know and I'll, I'll go play it. Um, I just think to do a great sounding racing game, you need a lot of money. Yeah. You know. Well, and that's why I, I kind of feel weird sometimes that we are always referencing AAA on our indie podcast. But really, that's just where a lot of the pinnacle of sound is because the money's there. And then we're drawing from the influence of their a lot of their developments a lot of the time because yeah. they're, they do things very pr- pristinely. And I think there's a lot of the, a lot of cases where we can take what they've done and replicate it yeah. or do it like there is cheaper ways to do what they've done yeah in a lot of cases yeah so it's kind of like you look at that and go oh yeah i could do that i could figure out how to do yeah, that it's almost like triple a does a lot of the r and d yeah and then <laughs> and then we can use it so just because we're an indie podcast does not mean we're dismissing triple a yeah uh well there's also music implementation uh, yeah. which is a big one uh so that would not if you're a game sound designer, whether you're a musician or not, you will be implementing music. Yeah. Uh, still, SSX. Incredible. Best implemented music. Yeah. Like, if you want to, like, break apart and analyze musical implementation, what they did goes, the latest one, mm-hmm. goes above and beyond what I feel anybody else is doing. And that was kind of their goal. Yeah. That we're going to do the craziest musical implementation ever done. So SSX remixes music on the fly according to your gameplay. Yeah. Correct? Um, Not only does it remix the tracks that come with the game, if you put tracks on your Xbox and import them into a playlist, it remixes those. Yeah. So, like, mind blown. Mind blown. Um, I think really great implementation... um, simple and I'm not like denigrating it by calling it simple but the music in FTL yeah incredibly well done with just like very simple parameters and just hitting those hitting those marks yeah it's all about hitting those marks and I mean that's what I've discovered is I've been dumbing my stuff down more and more Mm -hmm. and it's making it so much easier to hit the marks with because limiting parameters is a really big part of working with indie devs you have to work with the data that already exists. You yeah. don't want to be you don't want to be asking your dev to hook up new parameters for you all the time. No. I've been really lucky in Visible Link. I've got I think the most complicated music system I've I've put in a game yet. Mm-hmm. And it's still not anything insane. Yeah. It's just I've got three parameters running different mixes. Mm-hmm. of the music and to me I'm like oh my god I'm using like so this much stuff crazy. but like we've got um, one of our composers um, works full time in the office now so it's like it's so awesome to be able to just like 
move my chair literally a foot and go, hey, Vince, what do you think about we do this? Mm -hmm. And then he'll make music and like moves his chair a foot and he's like, hey, Matt, come listen to this. Yeah. You know, and like we get to like talk face to face and run through, here's the idea. And so far, even though this is the most complex one, every time I've come up with a music system for a clay game, I've had this big pie in the sky thing and I've just every single time simplified it down. Yeah. It's always been simpler than I originally envisioned. And you should make it big when you're like planning it. Think of like, what are all of the things I could do? And then go, okay. You know, which I think um, if you're analyzing a game for music implementation, something that you can keep in mind is what, what else could you have done? Like, think about what they did, what what do you think else they could have done? And mm-hmm. then maybe why didn't they do that? Yeah. And maybe you'll find reasons like, oh, okay, yeah, that was a good idea, but it doesn't work like this. So it makes sense that you would have chopped that. Yeah. You know, maybe you can kind of find the thought path possibly yeah. that that person had. And how the game plays is such a big factor as well. Yeah. Because some games are linear and some aren't. And the music has to accommodate for that. Yeah. On um, Shank 2... We had the idea in one level of like we'd have uh, the music like going up and down and just having all these dynamics to the music. Mm-hmm. And you know what? The level it was just it's just linear and you start at the begin and you start stabbing guys and you stab guys till the end. Yeah. And the lulls in the music just didn't make any sense. No. And by the end, we like, we had this crazy like up and down, up and down, up and down, up here, down and down, up, 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 down, up, down. And like, but then it was just up, 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 up. Up and it just linear wet and it was like yeah that's what makes no, sense. That's what we found with Viking Squad as well. I wanted these songs. I didn't really want songs that had crazy dynamic, but I did want them to start slow, get fast, and then and peak and end. Um, but they were just starting too slow. And yeah, we're like we got to start it fast and just keep it fast. Yeah. So yeah. So general consensus: there is no one good game to analyze, but there there's a lot of games you should look at. Yeah, I mean, in different if genres. you play a lot of games, just listen to the sound or watch other people play games and listen to the sound. That, I think, is the number one. allows now. you more focus. Yeah, number one tip if you're analyzing a game for the sound, get somebody else to play it. Yeah. Or record your own playthrough. Mm-hmm. Like, fraps it on your computer so that you can, like, play it and then watch it again. Listen to it. Listen for missing assets. Because when you're playing it, you're playing the game not observing and you can get so much more when you're observing the game yeah what would you recommend people listen for if they're beginners that don't necessarily know what a you know a good game sounds like or a bad game sounds like uh break the game apart Mm -hmm. listen for the music listen for like upfront sound effects like whatever you know if it's a shooter listen for the guns Mm -hmm. Um, listen to the nbc stuff Listen to the ambience. Try to break it up, compartmentalize it into the areas that make up the entire soundscape. Yeah. And then see where is anything missing. Yeah. Or where is, you know, what is stepping on something else. Yeah. Masking certain things. Yeah. I definitely listen for missing assets, implementation issues, repetition. Yeah. That uh, is very noticeable. Are you hearing the same dialogue lines all over and over and over again? Are there reverbs inside? Is Are there, there reverbs outside? Because there shouldn't be. <laughs> Things um, like that. Is there occlusion? Occlusion's a big one. Yeah. That a lot of, even the big games these days are still not doing correctly. Yeah. And I think we're coming to an end. All right. 
Number 12. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. On we go.